0: Hey, the Bible reading this morning is 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker, in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For well, you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was tempted that in some way, the tempter had tempted you and that our labours might have been in vain. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now, we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you. Night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when the Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones.
1: Well, friends, welcome to our pre-recorded service. Uh, It's wonderful to see you here. Uh, My name's Mel York, for those of you who don't know me, Uh, I'm the senior minister here, and it's a real privilege uh, to bring you God's word today. Today we continue in this wonderful book of Thessalonians. So far in this series, we've seen that the Thessalonian church seems to be the ideal church. They've heard the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, his life, death and resurrection, and how through faith in him, they can have life in his name. They've not only accepted this message, but the Lord's message has then rung out from them and their faith has become known everywhere. Last week, we saw how Paul reminded the Thessalonians that this, has br- this had brought about results. That is, the gospel proclamation and the sharing of lives brings forth fruit. But not only fruit, but persecution. You see, Paul knows this firsthand, uh, but he perseveres through this persecution because he knows of the fruit. He knows of the Thessalonians and how they've come to faith and how they're now his eternal crown. His glory and his joy. In this context, we come to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and we continue to see the heart of the Apostle Paul on display. Have you ever been separated from someone for a long time and you're not sure how they're doing? Well, I guess this is the season to ask that question, isn't it? I'm sure that all of us could share a story of someone that we've not seen for a while in these past two years. In fact, There are some that we may not have seen even from within our own church family, let alone living in the same suburb or or close suburbs. But why does it matter? It matters because we love each other. We, We love our friends. We love our family. We love our church family, which is the same motivation that Paul has here in this letter of 1 Thessalonians. We saw this last week in chapter 2, and it's what drives these verses that we're about to look at. In chapter 2, verse 8, Paul talks about how he cared for the Thessalonians, how he loves them so much, and it's out of this love that he has for them, that he has for the Thessalonians, that Paul acts to ensure that they are growing in their faith and in their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I think this passage is a real challenge for us, as it firstly points the spotlight on our own hearts, asking, do we have this genuine love and concern for one another like Paul has for the Thessalonians? But then, then secondly, ask that question, what are we doing about it, especially in this COVID season? Do we love each other the same way? Are we longing to see each other grow even now in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? With these questions ringing in our ears, let me pray as we come to look at this passage. Heavenly Father, we come before you as those who live in a selfish society, one that teaches us to think more about ourselves first and what our wants and desires are, rather than thinking of you and those around us who we love. Teach us by your word as to what it means to put you as a priority, what it means to love one another here at church, And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the first aspect of this passage is that we see Paul's genuine concern for those in Thessalonica. See how he starts out in verse 1. So when we could stand it no longer. There comes a time, doesn't there, when it just becomes too much. When you've not seen someone or heard from someone that you love for such a long amount of time that you just need to know how they're going. Now remember, Paul didn't have a mobile phone, he didn't have the internet, he didn't have Zoom or any other technology like we do have today. So he had not heard any news of how the Thessalonians were going. And because of this, because of his love for them that we've already seen, he wanted to know. What was Paul concerned about? We'll see there in verse 5. He was concerned about the strength of their faith. In verse 3, we see that he was concerned that the trials which were, uh, came to this small church in Thessalonica uh, had been hard and, and, and they'd been facing these trials. And he was concerned that this would uh, unsettle their faith uh, for those who were at the church. He then explains this further in verse 5, He was afraid that the tempter, that is, Satan, uh, would have tempted the Thessalonians to give in the faith. Sometimes trials do have this impact on people. Sometimes it does cause people to give in the faith. My mum was only telling me the other day about a friend of hers who was a really solid Christian for many years, many early years of her life. She was a youth leader, a Bible study leader, and was heavily involved in Christian things. However, she went through a challenging time of trial. One of her children was born disabled, and through this she lost her faith. She was so unsettled by the birth of her disabled child that she could not accept that there was a God. You see, trials can do this to us. They can cause us to become unsettled and doubt the goodness of God. And this was Paul's concern for the Thessalonians. Were the current trials that they were going through too much for them, too much for their faith? So Paul goes on to remind the Thessalonians that this is going to be a continual problem for them. First, see there in verse 3, he says that, uh, uh, that we are destined for them. We're destined for trials. Uh, and he reminds them about how he used to speak about persecutions when he was amongst them. And indeed, at the end of verse 4, we see that this is what happened with Paul. Now, what Paul is reminding of the Thessalonians here is the persecution that they faced while Paul was in, Thessalonia, in Thessalonica. Uh, we read uh, this account in Acts cha- chapter 17 where some form a mob and rioted in the city against Paul and his companions. In addition, the troublemakers from Thessalonica followed Paul and Silas to the next town that they went to and created trouble for them too. In other words, the church in Thessalonica saw this happen to Paul firsthand. They should have known that this persecution was going to come with them because this is what was happening in their city. So you can see Paul's concern for them here, can't you? Friends, do we have the same concerns for our brothers and sisters in Christ during this time? Yes, we're not facing persecution like this, like Paul and the church did in Thessalonica. However, we are uh, separated physically from one another during this COVID time. In many ways, it's a good dry run for us if we suddenly do face this type of persecution that they faced. How are we going at caring for our brothers and sisters during this lockdown? Do we have the same concern for how each other are growing as Christians during this time? Well, I hope that we do. I hope that our love for one another and our desire to see each other, see each other grow is still there despite our physical separation. The question becomes, what are we going to do about it? Well, for Paul, and this is my second point for today, he acted See there in verse 2, he sent Timothy, a co-worker in the gospel, in order to be some form of strength and encouragement in the faith to those in the church in Thessalonia. Now this is a small uh, sentence on a piece of paper, but it is a huge undertaking for Paul. Timothy was a very dear brother and and precious to Paul. We see that he's a co-worker in the gospel. In other parts of the New Testament, we see how important Timothy is to the gospel and how precious he is to Paul. And now Paul is sending Timothy potentially into harm's way in order to encourage and strengthen the church. This speaks of personal cost to Paul and his ministry. In addition, to, uh, there's an emotional cost of sending the one who he describes in 1 Timothy 1.2 as my true son in the faith. You see, Paul's great love for the Thessalonians causes him to be self-sacrificial in order to help the Thessalonians be strong in their faith. You see, friends, this is what combats those who have doubts during trials. This is what helps those grow during challenging times. I've seen it firsthand when my wife was diagnosed with cancer more than 10 years ago. Our church really came around us and supported us. They were self-sacrificial in the way that they loved us. Our kids were at a faith-based school and it was simply amazing. Lunches were made for our kids for a whole year. Now, that's not an easy undertaking for people to do. But this practical help uh, for others, spiritual help, self-sacrificial help during this time of trial really helped us. People were praying for us and loving us in this way. You see, when people act out of love, like what Paul did here, then it can make a massive impact on the lives of others. The question for us is how are we doing that during this time? How are we loving one another and trying to encourage them in the faith? Well, the great news of this passage is that after Paul sent Timothy, good news came back to him about their faith and love. The church's affection for Paul and Silas and for those who shared the gospel with them was still there. Can you see in verse 6? Their faith was indeed intact, despite the persecution in verse 7. And they were standing firm in the Lord. And we see that in verse 8. I have similar reasons to rejoice when I reflect on our time of lockdown and pandemic. I've really loved hearing of people taking the initiative during this time, contacting people from church to see how they are taking around, in a COVID-safe way, meals from church for each other, sending gift cards and the like, calling up people and praying with them. Now, there's obviously still more that we can do, but I want to rejoice with you and say thank you so much for the way that you are loving one another. But also continue to think of ways that we can do this more in the future. Why not, after church today, you stop and think about how you can be proactive in reaching out to someone from church that you have not done so to yet. But also, for those who are already loving their brothers and sisters in Christ, helping them to continue to grow in their faith. Maybe praying for them, praying with them. Friends, I so long for us to be back here on site in church. I've been here for two years at St Andrews now. And in that time, less than 50% of it has been with you in this building. There are many people I just simply don't know. There are many people I'm only just getting to know. And I just want to say that I really miss you all. I long to be back. As Paul ends at the end of verse 10, I long to supply what is lacking in your faith. What I think Paul means by this is he longs to help the Thessalonians mature in Christ, to grow as Christians. They know the gospel. They're standing firm through persecution. Now Paul wants them to grow. This is my desire too for St Andrews, that we grow disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does Paul do? He does the most important thing we can do. He prays for the Thessalonians. This is my final point for today. Paul prays. Notice there in verse 10, he says that he prays night and day for them. No, I don't think this is meant to be taken literally, that he's doing nothing else for the 24-hour period except praying for the Thessalonians. Rather, what Paul is saying here is that they are always on his mind as he remembers them, as he prays for them. Friends, I'm sometimes concerned that prayer feels very understated in the Christian world today. While I know that many people are praying individually, when we organise prayer meetings and prayer times, they're often the worst attended meetings in the life of our church. Now this is not just St Andrews. As I said, it is a concern worldwide. Listen to the words of Don Carson in his book, A Call to Spiritual Reformation. What is both surprising and depressing, Don says, is the sheer prayerlessness that characterises so much of the Western church. It is surprising because it's out of step with the Bible that portrays what Christian living should be. It's depressing because it frequently coexists with abounding Christian activity that, uh, that seems hallow, frivolous, and superficial. I wonder why Don says this. I wonder if it's because prayer does not seem like real work. I wonder if prayer, and by this I also mean corporate prayer, doesn't feel like we're doing much. Well, I really want to debunk this and say that prayer is the most important thing that we can be doing. I really want to challenge you that when you hear of a prayer meeting happening, you should make it a top priority to be part of. Prayer is like the engine room of a boat. Without it, we will not get anywhere. Listen to these words of J.I. Packer when he says, I believe that prayer is the measure of a person spiritually in a way nothing else is. So that how we pray is an important question as we can ever face. And I want to turn that to church and say it is essential to the spirituality of a church as to how much we're praying together. Prayer is so important. Paul talks about it and models how he prays in every letter he writes in the New Testament. The question becomes, is prayer important for us? Not just as individuals, but as a church. Well, Paul, Paul prays for the Thessalonians, and we see this in the content of his prayer in verses 11 to 13. He prays that there might be a way that it might become clear for him to come and see the church in Thessalonica. Paul prays that the Lord may make their love increase and overflow for each other. Paul prays that God will strengthen their hearts so that they'll be blameless and holy in the presence of God when Jesus returns. It's a great prayer, isn't it? Imagine if this was our prayer for each other. Imagine if each week we prayed for each other during this lockdown that it would come to an end soon, that the Lord would make our love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. Imagine if we prayed that God would strengthen our hearts so that we'll be blameless and holy in the presence of God, especially when the Lord Jesus returns. I wonder what church, what sort of church we would become I think that if we prayed this weekly for each other, Paul's desires here for the Thessalonians would become our desire for one another. As we commit each other to the Lord in prayer in this way, our longing and our affections for each other would grow. And so, friends, this is going to become my challenge to you. Take the words of this prayer and pray it for each other, either daily or at a minimum weekly, until we're out of this lockdown and this pandemic is over. Now, you don't have to stop there, but let's just make, take a small step. Well, friends, let me conclude. In this passage, we've seen Paul's concern for the Thessalonians. We've seen Paul's actions and we've also seen his prayer. I've taken what Paul does for the Thessalonians and applied it to our situation, asking, do we have those same loving concerns about each other's faith and growth during this time? Are we acting on this and looking out for our brothers and sisters in Christ at St Andrews? Is this leading us to pray for them? My big challenge to you now is to pray for each other until this pandemic is over. Well, let me start by praying for you all now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will make a clear way forward for us to come out of this lockdown and this pandemic that is safe and that sees us gathering together soon. Until then, I pray, Heavenly Father, that our love may increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May you strengthen all of St. Andrew's saints. May you strengthen their hearts so that they'll be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus Christ comes with his holy ones. We pray this in Jesus' name.